Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who's shamelessly been romancing a majority of the Blades in Boyfriend Dungeon this week. And I'm Bravada, the girl who's still exploring the Forbidden West and is putting off completing the last story mission because I don't want it to be over yet. But tonight is about the Milky Way, not the Forbidden West. And, as always, we get up close and personal with each of our character breakdowns, so if you're looking for a spoiler-free zone, sorry, lovelies, you are in the wrong place. So, here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks, Ed and Seven, for the spoiler alert. With all the events that we'll be covering today, I think we need it. And a pre-trigger warning for a brief conversation on self-harm, but I'll let you know when that comes up. Today's romance is Jacob Taylor from Mass Effect 2, and V and I will decide if the prize is worth the risk. Save the Citadel like you, but what's the same? The good deeds like pissing yourself in dark pants? Warm feeling, but no one notices. A good saying. <laughs> but I think it's a little negative. I think you should still do good deeds even if no one notices. But Jacob's kind of cynical. We'll get into that. Jacob Taylor was born in 2157 and is a talented human biotic. We don't really know much about the years before he joined Cerberus, but he enlisted in the Alliance military and is a former Alliance Marine. He actually was there at Eden Prime when the Geth attacked in Mass Effect 1. So he's another survivor besides Ashley Williams. I don't think he was in the same unit as her, though. He resigned after five years in the Alliance military after the Geth attacked the Citadel in 2183 because he was disillusioned by the bureaucracy of the military. Same, Jacob. Same. I had no clue he was involved with Eden Prime. I guess I really didn't pay attention to his dialogue. 2183 is about the same time that the Milky Way's galaxy's most perfect ass makes her way into Jacob's life. Miranda recruits him to help her on a mission to stop terrorism, which is detailed in the mobile game Mass Effect Galaxy, which I didn't play back in the day. 
basically Batarians attack a cruise ship Jacob is vacationing on and he happens to have his rifle. He gets to be the hero and save the day and that's what gives him purpose again. Miranda is left impressed by Jacob but no one else because no one really knows what he did. He is frustrated with the lack of response to the Citadel attack in 2183 and just feels that it's another example of someone getting nothing for saving the galaxy. I mean, you should get something for saving the galaxy, right? Like a medal or a cookie. He joins Cerberus at the urging of Miranda, who assures him that he can feel like he's actually doing something in the human organization. Jacob knows that they are basically a human supremacist group, but he chooses to believe that there is still good happening despite the space racism. This is how he ends up a part of Project Lazarus, or the project Miranda leads in Cerberus to rebuild a dead Commander Shepard in the beginning of Mass Effect 2. During the two years that it took to get Shepard back up into saving the galaxy, it is heavily implied that he and Miranda had some kind of romantic relationship. But they are obviously not together when Shepard meets the both of them in Mass Effect 2. Jacob claims that he wasn't the right person for Miranda, though they remain effective colleagues, which I appreciate. It's normal to me to be friends with exes, and I like seeing that dynamic in video games. Jacob has what is called informed attractiveness, in that the narrative surrounding him is often about how people find him attractive. He's also modeled like a superhero, just like Miranda, with their comic book perfect bodies. It's no wonder they gave it a go at being a power couple. So fast forwarding through Shepard waking up, escaping the Cerberus base, going to Freedom's Progress and meeting Tally again. So we're back on the Normandy. This is where we really get to know Jacob, as he serves as the armory officer aboard the SR2. During missions, he is a calm and collected voice of reason, often siding with Shepard's decisions and trying to defuse conflicts. He is a foil to Miranda's more harsh and renegade decisions and tactics. The only crew member he ever shows open disdain for is Thane Krios, as he believes assassins are the worst of the worst. Kind of hypocritical, given that he is essentially a gun for hire as well. Despite his hostility towards the Drell, Thane remains ever calm and collected, never once taking the bait. I've heard impressive stories, Krios. Sounds like you'll be an asset to the team. That is, if you're comfortable having an assassin watch your back. I've accepted a contract. My arm is Shepard's. Uh-huh. Don't know about you, but I'm loyal to more than my next paycheck. Not even sure why he's throwing that much shade at Thane who literally is devoting the last few months of his life to the cause. But more on Thane in a near future episode. One of Jacob's tropes is what's known as the knight in sour armor. And that simply means that he's an overall good guy, but carries a lot of cynicism. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. As evidenced by the line we just played, he has a problem with Daddy Thane, who apparently is only loyal to a paycheck, despite never actually sending Cerberus or Shepard an itemized invoice. But he has nothing to say to Zaid, who is literally a gun for hire. Like, he mentions charging you all the time. This is one scenario where I think there was a missed opportunity for more depth to Jacob's character. He dislikes Thane, but not because Thane is an absent father, like Jacob's, but rather simply because he's an assassin. 
that would have made for a lovely conflict and potential resolution, as with Jack and Miranda, or Legion and Tally, but nope. I would have loved to seen that. A fight between Jacob and Thane, and then also a scene between Morden and Grunt, like when if Grunt learns more about the genophage, it would have brought a lot more character dynamic to the entire squad, not just singling out the three female crew members. But back to Jacob. He's also not special, which could have been refreshing, given that literally every other companion is the best of their brand of whatever. He's just a guy. But they left it at that. He doesn't ever shine. There is an attempt at some internal conflict with Jacob as his loyalty mission shows. Turns out Jacob has daddy issues, which is not rare in the crew of the Normandy, but Jacob's dad is an absent father. He didn't show much interest in Jacob, and then he just went missing. For the only black human crew member, that seems racially stereotyped. Ugh. Jacob's loyalty mission involves you helping track his father down, whose ship, the Hugo Gernsbeck, went missing 10 years prior, which is personally my least favorite mission for a few different reasons. But if you want to romance Jacob, you must complete this mission. Yeah, this mission's pretty dark. <laughs> but fun fact, Hugo Gernsback is the name of the Luxembourgish American inventor of the genre of science fiction in 1929. Uh, he made a magazine. It's a pretty cool story. Unfortunately, this mission is not super fun. When you track down the coordinates for the message Jacob received from his father, the scene you discover is disgusting. Basically, the local plant life contains some kind of toxin that breaks down cognitive function. When the ship crashed on this planet... The officers, of which Jacob's father was first officer, or the XO, took all the food and separated the crew by sex. The men were all banished, and the women were kept as sex slaves for the remaining officers. Wow. Wow. So not only is Jacob's father absent and horrible, he's now also a pimp. Okay, really reinforcing some harmful stereotypes here. A pimp and a harem master. Fucking yay. You fight your way up to the top of the camp, and finally come face to face with Ronald Taylor, Jacob's dad. Ronald doesn't recognize his son at first and tells you some dumbass lies about how he did all of this to protect himself from the insane crew. You call bullshit and leave Jacob to reckon with his father. When you suggest that Cerberus can bring ships and rescue the remaining crew, Jacob offers this in regards to his father. He's not worth the fuel to haul him out or the air he's breathing. He's damn lucky I don't think he's even worth pulling the trigger. I don't know who you are, because you're not any father I remember. Oh. And this is where the trigger warning is. There is an option in this mission that involves a clear promotion of a final act of self-harm. I'll keep it brief. There are three potential ways you can finish this mission. You can have Ronald be arrested by Alliance officials. You can abandon him on the planet to be quickly killed at the hands of the survivors. Or have Jacob leave him a half-charged pistol so he can commit suicide. I've done all three options. The pistol option, though? Only once. And while I'm a sucker for unique dialogue, depending on which third squatty you bring, the arrest option is usually my go-to. I think the last playthrough I did, I had the survivors 
deal with him. It's definitely wrong, but also maybe they got a little closure. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The whole thing is just terrible. <laughs> like, that mission is horrible. The dad, horrible. Jacob's response is a little flat. We'll get to that. Doesn't seem as affected by what he discovered. You know, after he, uh, when you come back, doesn't really talk about it. Just kind of like, nope, mourned my dad years ago. It's over. But drifting closer to the romance, I wanted to bring up something that irks a lot of my fellow gamers as well as myself. Without any prompting, a femshut player will immediately flirt with Jacob, even going back to the first conversation with him aboard the Normandy. She's very, very flirty, Femshep, with Jacob off the bat. I don't know why the writers tried to shoehorn this romance in, especially given that in the next game, when you have James Vega being a bit too friendly, you can shut him down. You can tell him you don't want to be called Lola, you don't want him flirting, be professional, etc. And James Vega responds accordingly. He's like, all right. But you can't really shut down Jacob because you start the flirting and it's very much reciprocated. You look like you came through no worse for wear. If nothing else, the Alliance trains their people well. Once you live that life, you can't sit around getting fat. Most of us didn't get a Cerberus rebuild. They outdid themselves with you. Ask for any upgrades? Anything wrong with the current packaging, Jacob? It's not original, but I make do. Nothing any sane person would complain about, Shepard. Seems like you know that too. Commander, I mean. I feel like it's a little bit of a throwback to when Caden and Ashley switch away from calling you Commander to when they start calling you Shepard. And it's also Jennifer Hale sounds extremely flirty in these clips. Like she's laying it on thick. And I mean, if that's what the route that you're going to romance Jacob, you want to be heavily flirtatious. But if you're not going to the heavily suggestive voice, when I'm just trying to get to know my crewmates it's like um no yeah, yeah. I, I wish they would have given you an option but they didn't so that kind of sucks time to get into the thick of it with jacob jacob is arguably the least liked companion out of the entire mass effect trilogy including the dlc characters of kasumi and zaid jacob is unfortunately a rather boring character which is layman's term for a character without depth or conflict. The boring squad in the Mass Effect universe, according to the internet's general opinion, is made up of Caden, Vega, and of course Jacob. However, Caden and James both have fan bases, especially Caden, but not Jacob. In fact, Kasumi seems to be the only person who actually likes Jacob. Unless, of course, you romance him as a femship. Mm-hmm. The main problem with Jacob is that it's almost impossible to connect with him. When you ask him about his time with the Corsairs, he just says that life is behind him. When you ask him about his past with Miranda, he won't spill any tea. And especially after his loyalty mission, I touched on this earlier, and you ask about his dad, he won't talk about it. He doesn't need to mourn his dad because he mourned him a long time ago. How are we supposed to connect to this man who doesn't want to open up through romance of course but before we dive headfirst into his washboard abs let's take a quick mid-break where you'll hear about the sponsors of our show and some fun facts 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, we're back with some fun facts. Jacob is notable in that he is the only character other than Joker and Arya to reference the elusive man's creepy eyes, asking, is there anything human in them? It's always, always creeped me out, too. They seem very obviously not right. Right? Like, it. I think on my first playthrough, I thought maybe it was the planet being reflected back onto his eyes, and so that's why they looked weird. But then I'm like, wait, no, even when you're not looking at it, your eyes are still jacked up. Yeah, and then the end when he's like, oh, he's been indoctrinated. Like, that's supposed to be a surprise? He's looked insane this entire time. Right. But, oh well, sorry, spoiler alert. According to cinematic animator Jonathan Cooper... Jacob was pre-visualized as a male-male romance, with his scene matching shot for shot with certain sequences from Brokeback Mountain. However, the animating team were told, America isn't ready for it. That's a big fuck you. (laughs) That's a lie. America is super ready for that, I think. But we'll never know how a romance with him and Brosheb would have gone. Sad, sad time. I kind of really want to know, though. I know. I guess all we have to do is watch Brokeback Mountain and just imagine (laughs) Bro Shep and Jacob Taylor off in the mountains, herding sheep, living in a tent together. Derail. Okay. Uh, back online so that way we can thank our patrons. We do have special, special patrons to talk about. Of course, as always, to Apollo, thank you for always being here, talking in the live chat, supporting the girls. We thank you very, very much. And to Toasty, who is Beast Mode Bestie, I love you, and you know that. And, brand new, Meiji Moose has joined the Patreon, and I am here for it. Uh, He's a great streamer. He's also been streaming Horizon Zero Dawn, so you should go watch him play. Thank you, patrons. We appreciate you and all of your monetary support and commenting support and viewership support and just general support in general. (laughs) We like it. I'm just always, I'm very happy when I see people enjoying what we're doing because it's a lot of work and we have fun doing it, but it's also more fun to see other people enjoying it. Mm-hmm. 
It's the best. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's get back and learn more about the good thing Jacob and Shepard got going on. Look at this. Like sneaking into the captain's quarters. Heavy risk. But the prize. Your face. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I've never once romanced Jacob, but it would almost be worth it just to hear that line. It's so funny. Like, why did he, why did he say it like 70s porn, you know? <laughs> but the prize. But the prize. Speaking of the prize, let's get into the romance culmination scene in Mass Effect 2. Just like every romance in Mass Effect 2, it occurs right before you go through the Omega 4 Relay. The heavy flirting Shepard and Jacob have been doing Building up the sexual tension. Well, it's about to be released. When Jacob makes his appearance in Shepard's quarters, she asks him what his intentions are, very seductively, I might add. He responds with this literatica-worthy line. To give the collectors every kind of hell I can, suicide or not. But until then, I want all the time I can get. When? lose. It doesn't matter. I want you. Oh, okay. The prize line gets you, but that I want you. Holy shit, dude. And now I completely get it. Sneaking into the commander's room and not knowing if it was a good idea. It's kind of cute. I don't know what it is. But there's a sweetness to it that I wasn't expecting. Maybe it's the tone of voice, or maybe it was the body language. The physical romance, if you push your way into it, is pretty damn good. They really went all out on the human romances. There is the kissing of the neck. Like, Jacob really gets into it. And then, damn. We see Jacob take off his shirt. And holy abs batman i am here for it kasumi girl i get it now and then we see shep take control she moves him towards the bed and then a slight disappointment jacob has no ass like it's flat he obviously works on his body why wouldn't he be doing squats too but yes this is a great scene walking backward being led by shepherd Jacob bumps into the bed and is shoved back. And then cue the Bioware body crawl. Shep makes her way up Jacob's body. And while it's tamer than the crawls we saw at Mass Effect 1, it is still good. We get a few moments of Shepard straddling Jacob and a quick makeout session before it fades to black. Honestly, overall... I think this is the second best physical romance scene I've seen in Mass Effect 2. There is some drama, some power play, a great example of the male physique. If there had been a little bit more movement around the room, or a little more of the power play on the bed, it would have bumped up my score. But I give Commander Femshep and Jacob a solid 8 out of 10. A nice rating. Let's get to the emotional stuff now. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised when I say 
that this is a rather shitty romance. I really like his voice, what he says. Cute, cute stuff. I'm just, in my rating, I'm also taking into consideration Mass Effect 3 because, spoiler alert, it ends. The romance. Always no way around it. I respect the work narrative designers do, and I actually think that Jacob is a very realistic romance, if not a good one. So I don't want to shit all over the writing team. It would be a little too happily ever after if all romance options ended up happily ever after, right? Like I said, spoilers. But Jacob cheats on you and ends up falling for another ex-Cerberus member and knocking her up. His greatest goal in life at that point is to not be the type of father he had. Great. Good for you, Jacob. (laughs) This is realistic because, let's face it, Jacob is the average Joe of the Normandy. So out of every romanceable character, he's just the most likely to be the cheater. But that is a bold move for a studio to have a romance option cheat on the player character. And like I said, narratively, there's no way around it. The romance always ends in Mass Effect 3. He says he couldn't wait for you, even though he literally only spent six months apart from you. I find that gross. My husband has deployed a million times for longer than that, and I did not run off and get pregnant by some rando. And people do that, and then we all say, wow, that was shitty. Same here. Sorry, not sorry, Jacob. That was wrong to do to someone you supposedly love. He's the only romance option in Mass Effect 2 that actually says, I love you, and then he does that. Retain your dignity, then end it before you start up something new. His reasoning for not waiting is also pretty shitty. During those six months, Shepard is literally arrested. Garrus heads up the Reaper Task Force. Liara is doing secret squirrel shadow broker stuff, etc., etc., on and on. Not Jacob. He says he quit Cerberus, quit everything, went and sat on the beach in the Mediterranean to think about stuff. And that's when he lost track of Shepard, quote-unquote. So he went to the beach and ghosted Commander Shepard while she was in a military prison and then cheated on her with an ex-co-worker. Shall I write the telenovela? It writes itself. When prodded about what he learned on his vacay, he says... That what I choose to fight for better mean something to me. That it comes from the heart. Oh, comes from the heart. This shouldn't be surprising, coming from a character who's emotionally a lost little boy. He's been trying to find his purpose well before we ever meet him. And it turns out his purpose is to be a father and settle down. And that's cute for your average Joe. But it's honestly not enough for our main character life. He also is emotionally immature. He blames Shepard for his cheating, saying that she couldn't expect him to wait. But if you break things off with him openly and honestly in Mass Effect 2 to pursue another romance, he'll throw a tantrum that he masks as a harsh professionalism. This is what he says to you. If you tell him you want to romance Garrus instead. That cuddlebone? I suppose you have a history. That's usually enough. All right, Shepard. You want to pretend this makes it okay? I can do that. A nice official wall. Um, yeah. The history makes it easy? Yeah, okay. But let's talk in six months when you cheat on me with your ex-coworker. Gross calling Garrus what sounds like a weak attempt at a slur. I'm going to pretend that Jacob isn't a romance option because I'm not convinced that anyone actually romances him. If Kai Lang didn't exist, I'd probably think Jacob was the worst character in Mass Effect, the trilogy, not Andromeda, because Andromeda is definitely PB. She sucks ass. I give him a 3 out of 10. 
He only gets a three because his romance is flirty and seems sincere in Mass Effect 2. But seeing as how it ends in Mass Effect 3, it's just not good. I included the end in Mass Effect 3 because we're not obviously going to do an episode for him for that game because there's nothing to talk about. He ends it. I want more from Jacob and they just didn't give it to us. Okay. Uh, a lot to digest there. Okay. What I want to know is for anybody who played Mass Effect when it Mass Effect 2 when it first came out and if they romance Jacob what their opinion was because if you don't take into account the things that happen in 3 would that change your opinion if you only knew what happens in 2 I only oh. knew what happened in 2 it would totally change my opinion but because we're so far you know these games came out like 10 years ago now so I have to take the whole story into consideration. But at the time, if I had just played two, never played three, I think it'd be a pretty sweet romance. Like I said, he's the only person to say I love you in that second game. Like, he seems very sincere at first. There's not much depth, but he's sweet. Stable seeming, right? Okay. Okay. Also, the cuddlebone line. That's a good one. I, I, I know that it's, 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 a, it's a slur, you know. But it's well thought out, and it's pretty funny. A cuddle bone is the thing that you put in a birdcage, so that way birds can gnaw on it, and their beak doesn't grow too far. So Garrus being an avian-type creature, cuddle bone is kind of funny to me. I know, but is he eating himself? Because like, I think birds also eat cuddle bone. Like, there's nutrition, like some mineral in there that they need. I once, long story short... <laughs> wanted a budgie and I made a PowerPoint presentation to my mom when I was a kid telling her why I should have a budgie. And I vaguely remember that there's some mineral in there that they need, but I could be wrong. I also did not get a budgie, so didn't work. My mom had a budgie, so she knew that she didn't want that again. <laughs> Sunrise in chat says it's a good source of calcium for them. So yes, it is. I guess if you date Garrison, you don't need to take a multivitamin. But you're not supposed to ingest anything, Turian. That's true. We're allergic to that calcium. All right, Jacob, I'm trying to understand that slur, but I can't. So next. Um. Okay. I think this is only like the second time we've completely split our reviews so differently. Okay. This is the first time where your score was high and mine was low. It's true. It's been the reverse. Yep. Like with Garrus, <laughs> unfortunately. And then we disagreed on Morrigan. Yeah, true. I, I think she's a better friend, but that's just for her health. Also, Jacob, obviously. Anybody, you know, he, he cheated. And the reason that he cheated, I think, if I were trying to analyze it, it's because he doesn't have a purpose and he hasn't had, like, stability. He's he's kind of hopped around. Like, he flirted. At pretty much everyone finds Jacob attractive and they've mentioned it. And he, you know, he seems to have, like, a history because they kind of inform you about that. And, you know, he went somewhere safe with this woman that he knew already. And then I, I I would speculate that the pregnancy was an accident by the way he talks about it. But that seems to be the very thing that made him realize, like, oh, I can settle down. I can, I can be the man I wanted my dad to be. And that, like, gives him a purpose. And that's what he was looking for. And Commander Shepard just wasn't the right person for him. You know, I think he just was confused. And that's definitely not the right thing to do. You shouldn't do that, obviously. But he wasn't in a good headspace. So 
he did a bad thing. He's not a bad person. Kind of sucks. Yeah, I agree. Well, that, lovely listeners, is where we would usually end our show. But for this episode, we have a special guest. We are excited to sit down with fellow video game nerd, artist extraordinaire, and overall wonderful human. Please welcome Let's Not. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Let's Not designed our logo. Hello, welcome. Hi. 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 Thanks for having me on. Yes. Really excited to sit down and chat with you on this one. It's not like we haven't been having this conversation for the past, like, three months. <laughs> this is true. In preparation for the Uh, Well, officially, hello and welcome to the show. Can you let us know your preferred name on the internet and your pronouns? Um, I go by several different aliases online. Uh, mostly let's not. Uh, my pronouns are she, they. I'm right. Sunrise Parabellum in chat. I should know that was you. <laughs> Yeah. That's so funny. It's It's me. Let's not. (laughs) Um, So first question, we talked about a lot of things with Jacob. Did you learn anything new? Was there anything that we missed? Things that would have brought more depth to the romance? What's your thoughts on that? One thing that I would point out, like just immediately from listening to the podcast was it's so interesting how like your least favorite scene is one of my favorites <laughs> and it's just based on context of who you talk to. Um, because when I did my Jacob romance for the first time, um, never done Jacob. It's, it was like, I did Thane my very first playthrough. And then from the next point on did Garrus every other time. Um, so this is my first Jacob and the scene where you can like cut off the romance. Um, and he gives you like a reason you suck speech. Yours was like that because you dumped him for Garrus. If you dump him and you haven't talked to anyone else, he actually goes on this like kind of long tirade, not a tirade like specifically, but he's just like, you know, like you can convince anyone to follow you anywhere. It's It's like a reason of loyalty. Have you ever thought that maybe the problem is you? Because Jacob's romance, the thing that I disliked about it the most was... Femship has to push him so far to even initiate it because he's, like, not interested. Like, you can flirt once or twice, like, at the very beginning. But when you actually go into, like, trying to get his romance, he constantly tells Femship, like, I'm not really interested like that. Like, I want to keep my mind on the mission, blah, 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 blah. And every time you're just like, well, I want this, so we're going to keep talking about it. And he's just like, fine. And eventually you kind of, like, break him down. And so, like, at that point, Jacob, he's finally got to the point where he's like, okay, we have this thing going. I'm fine with it. And then you can turn around and be like, "Mm, actually, I want to focus on the mission, which was his exact reason why he didn't want to get in with you in the first place. And so he gives this really like kind of, I I don't know, like I I just really like that scene because it made so much sense. Then he punches a table and he loses me. (laughs) But but up to that point, it's like, yeah, I, I fully understand his anger right now. Yeah, it seems like they made him the way that they made Miranda, which is like whatever they thought the ideal man would be for a cishet woman player. Like he's super sexually attractive. And when you do flirt with him, he he lays it on so thick, like way more intense flirting than anyone else. So I feel like they kind of 
they like objectified Jacob the way they objectified Miranda kind of, although Miranda doesn't flirt the same way. She's just like physically beautiful and perfect. Right. But Jacob, is he supposed to be somebody's like dream man? Cause I, I want more emotional availability, but also I, I never saw that scene with him. If you don't date anyone else, I just, the only one I ever saw come up was the one where you were leaving him for Garris basically. And he just was flipping his lid about it. Which is understandable because at that point, you know, kind of leading him on. I, I, Bioware really like dropped the ball on Jacob. And it's like, I actually am one of the few people that like Jacob, not as like a romance option, but in the games, I I much prefer like his friendship with Shepard because they have this nice camaraderie that just comes about between two like-minded soldiers. And well, like my, my femship is always black. And so like seeing the only other black character in the game, like as a squad mate, we had like this kind of friendship uh, with him that I, that I always really appreciated. It's it's weird. I I've kind of come to the point where I can't blame Jacob for his actions in three, which is like insane, because it's so obviously Bioware decided this. The Jacob in two, I don't think would do what Jacob in three did, and I don't know why they decided to do that with him, especially having him be there at Genesis and I checked this before and I can't remember like how the timelines worked up, but uh, Jacob was Bioware's very first black romance. I think Mm -hmm. the the next one came in 2011. So like right after Jacob. So it's like your very first black romance character. And then this is how you decide to treat him. Like it, it doesn't, doesn't like slip my mind (laughs) that the reason he breaks up with you is because he knocked up another woman after being like out of eyesight with you for six months. Yeah, I read, I mean, I don't know if this is officially what they did, but I, when I was doing research for this episode, I read so many basically, you know, articles just trying to speculate on it, saying that they feel that because he wasn't that popular of a character in two, that they just kind of were like, eh, write him out, you know, and they did it like the worst, shittiest way ever. Sorry, by the way, you know, overall, great studio obviously but they they definitely mishandled jacob like they didn't do him justice at all which is a bummer and that was another question we wanted to ask you that i'm sure you have a lot to say about because this is something that also came up time and time again during my research was you know you mentioned he's he's one of the he's the only black squad mate in mass effect i mean captain anderson is technically he's not a squad mate but he he's black person in the game but he's not really that present and so jacob is really like the one character unless your player character is also black he's the one character that you see and then they kind of whether intentional or not did some shitty stereotyping and black representation and i wanted to know what your thoughts are on that yeah i don't i i want to believe with my whole heart that they did not do this intentionally but unfortunately if because, again, I would have to check, like, the credits and stuff. But the, the likelihood there was another black uh, another black person in the writer's room for Jacob is, like, incredibly low. And so unless they had, like, a sensitivity coach or, like, a diversity, someone on the team to, like, look at this and say, hey, actually, can we, like, back this up a little bit and, and work on him a little bit more? I, it wasn't there. And it's it's really disappointing that so many people just straight up hate him because of choices that Bioware did that they didn't make for any other character and haven't done for any other character since. I mean, like Solus in 
Inquisition spoilers. Uh, he breaks up with the Inquisitor, but n- it n- never anything to that effect. Like at least with Solus, it 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 works with his character, and it matters to the story. Jacob's character could have been completely rewritten, and it wouldn't have changed anything. Like I don't know. It's it's very disappointing. Also, he's the only uh, romance option in Mass Effect that I can think of other than like Caden or Ashley, but they technically don't count where you can like physically assault them uh, mm-hmm. in the romance because in your Citadel meetup uh, in the DLC, you can just straight up slap Jacob in the face because I mean, in character, in world, it makes sense why she would do that. But like, if you step back a set, like why have you written it so that your, <laughs> your femship can just slap you know, I don't know. I will say that Jack does slap a male shepherd. But male shepherd does not slap Jack, is yes. what I'm saying. Right. So yeah, that's it's it's really disappointing how they handled him. Because I, I like I think his friendship is like a platonic Jacob is it I think he's an interesting character. Not interesting, just kinda like a good friend to Shepherd. He has a ton of potential and it's just and that's the thing is like the problem people have with him isn't really his fault as a character. It's just the way they handled it. And it's interesting when you compare to Solus because whether you love or hate Solus, he made such a big impact on the story. And despite, because I, I was someone who romanced Solus and there are so many people out there who view that romance as the canon for Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other way to experience Inquisition than romancing Solus, despite the fact that he dumps you. <laughs> Like, that's not a very good romance, right? Like, you get two scenes, I think you kiss him twice, there's no sex at all. Realistically, that's not a very satisfying romance, I guess, for most people. And yet they love him, and then we have Jacob, who's really not that different. You actually do get to have sex with him. And then people are like, he's the worst character in Mass Effect. I've seen, I couldn't tell you how many video essays I found on YouTube even, of how he's the worst squad mate ever. And, you know, they can make convincing arguments about it because of the way that he was written and handled. It wasn't, he doesn't have much depth, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Like he has a lot of potential <laughs> and it's kind of sucks that we don't ever really get to know him that well. And the voice actor, I can't remember his name, but he did such a good job with his voice. That line that in the prize, it makes me laugh, mm-hmm. but otherwise like <laughs> his voice is very, very good. And mm-hmm. that's why it could have been such a good romance. Cause he sounds so genuine and sweet. Yeah. Um, back to something you had said in the earlier podcast with Vega, um, uh, going back to the way that Bioware treated Jacob versus how they treated other characters, like your femship can have just like a, like a flirtatious thing with both of the characters, um, regardless of if Vega does it as well, because you can like say, hey, back off. But in that scenario, you can keep pushing like you do with Jacob. You can like... I don't remember the line specifically, but you can be, you can kind of like, what, you don't want to mess around with the commander? And he like sets up a boundary. He's like, no, I, I would rather not. Same exact thing happens in two with Jacob, except if you do his romance, it's the same thing, but you keep pushing him past his boundaries. And it's, I, I, I wonder if they changed, if they made Vega the way they did because they realized in two, like, oh, that's actually kind of terrible. I don't think that's... <laughs> what they did because of, again, how they treated him later, but... They made Vega worse, in a way, because you can literally sexually assault him, like, in Citadel, 
You basically get him drunk and sleep with him, and then he immediately regrets it and leaves, Mm -hmm. and it's super horrible to watch. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. That can't even be called a romance. It was so wrong. I I wear it does its best, but when it comes to their uh, POC characters, it's not really. They haven't hit it yet. They did better with Liam and Andromeda. Yeah. Um, there was there was another. Oh, sorry, Genesis. Did you guys say something? No, I was like, because I love Liam. Liam was my romance in Andromeda. So I think that they started going in the right direction. But I don't think that they completely got there yet. One of the other things that I actually... I found myself liking Jacob's romance the more that I played it. Because when Genesis asked me, like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? I said, oh, yeah, I'll be on the... I would like to be on the Garris episode, please. And she said, no. Because <laughs> we're doing that one. And I said, oh, okay. And then she was like, well, someone's already doing the Thane one, too. And I said, okay, who's left? Jacob? Fine, I'll do Jacob. No problem. I can have some ideas. Um, and so I was, like, dreading it the entire time. <laughs> but then I actually started playing it, and I found myself actually really enjoying it. And it has one of my favorite things that they do... Um, in three, in two, I, I had never seen this before. Um, Jacob actually like asks Shepard how they're dealing with things. And that doesn't happen until three. Usually like your squad mates can come up to you and like, Oh, how are you doing? And you have the option of being like, Oh, I'm fine. And just brushing it off. Or you can actually give them some insight on how you are. And in my, all my playthroughs that never happened until we actually got into the big reaper war. Um, but Jacob it's one of those things, again, where you're, like, pushing his boundary. He says he doesn't want to talk about his dad. And you can be like, well, you know, but how are you really dealing with it? And he said, I mean, I'm fine, but let's turn it around on you. How are you doing? And Shepard hasn't the option to be completely honest with him. And I screen capped it. Um, so his line is, so, Shepard, how about we turn it around? What are you carrying? And what do you need to get rid of? So you can either say loneliness, nothing, None of your business or on the other side uh, in like the, the high Paragon Renegade side, you can say that you're dealing with survivor's guilt or you can say that you're dealing with the burden of command. And something I had always in my, my shepherd, at least I always felt that my shepherd should be allowed to feel a little bit more bitter about their station in the, the like their, their place in the universe because they were just kind of like thrust upon you are now the most important person. And if you fail, that's it. That's the ball game. Um, and so if you pick the burden of command option, um, you can just be honest and be like, I didn't ask for all of this to be on my head. And if I fail, it's over. And then he kind of like reassures you. And it's like you, every time you go into battle, you're making that decision to fight for everybody else or something like that. And it's just like, a moment for Shepard to be honest and vulnerable that they don't get with most of the other romances. Because we've talked about it before about how you can get all of your squad mates to open up to you. And especially in two and in three, you can really dive into who they are, where their emotions are at, but you don't really get to know where Shepard is at until near the end of Mass Effect 3 like after Mm -hmm. some of the nightmare scenes and then you can or you can choose to lie about what your status is at like where you are mentally but knowing that jacob is able to pull that out of you six months before liara can 
you know, Garrus or whoever else you're talking to brings a little bit more to him. I think that was the dialogue where it really turned me around. It's like, oh, there's more to this than I had ever really given him credit for. Yeah, I think he he should have anyway. He seems like he has a lot of empathy because like Jen said, they're, they don't, no one really talks about and Shepard just seems way too balanced throughout all these crazy, like every single game at that time in the game, they're like, this is potentially world ending. Like this is life or death. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's like this, the Citadel is going to die. <laughs> Humans are going to die. Everyone's going to die. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. And Shepard just like, la di da, I'm doing my thing. And like, I mean, Garrus does ask, like you said, in Mass Effect 3, if you romance him. And I think all the romance options do this very much towards the end. So it's nice to hear that Jacob did it a lot earlier. Everyone else is, I mean, it kind of just feels like you're just solving everyone's problems. Like the loyalty missions are a great way to get closer to characters. But it also kind of feels like you're the mom or you're like the the office manager just trying to put out everyone's fires. And meanwhile, nobody's asking how you're doing. I guess, except Jacob. Just a bummer. Like I, I know I said in the episode that he's one of my most disliked characters, but it's not because I hate Jacob as a person. I just don't like the way that they dealt with him. Mm-hmm. They, He's too tropey. The same, that's the reason I don't like Kai Lang. Like Kai Lang feels like uh, he's a character from a, a completely different game. He doesn't feel like he's part of Mass Effect at all. He's so ridiculous. Like this supervillain guy. I mean, he's not a romance option, so we'll probably never talk about him really, but he's just, he's so stereotypically bad. It's inane. So I don't really like it. And that's why I don't like Jacob either. Just because he could have been good. If I can find Starin Mansers on the internet, I'm pretty sure I can find a Kylang shipper. Well, please don't. (laughs) Yeah, if you dive deep enough, I'm sure. And and, you might not even have to dive that deep as far as I know. I'm sure you just go to like archive of our own or fanfic.net and I have, probably I found, a bunch of Kyling. I have found Harbinger X Shepherd, so you can find literally anything. <laughs> Rule 34. <laughs> yep. And if there isn't one, there's probably a mod for it. <laughs> Rule 43. Kind of like digesting and brain processing all of this because, and it's like, and especially because Let's Not and I have talked you know, a couple uh, on voice chats and things like that throughout the last couple of weeks while she was doing her playthrough. And I liked seeing the shift of, I don't even think that I really want to do this. I'm just going to YouTube the video to, okay, no, I'm going to do the playthrough. I'm going to experience it completely to, wait a minute, I'm actually really starting to like this romance to now they fucked it up. But. You know, I always, I always knew they they messed it up. It's just they messed it up in three. In two, it's it's honestly, I think it's really good. Um, so how would I, you have preferred they end it in Mass Effect Three, or not even end it? Like how? What would you have done with Jacob as a romance in three? You know, that's hard because I, unless it's a, a character who becomes. Um, it, it's weird, the Mass Effect 2 romances that transfer over into 3, I don't like as much unless they are squad mates because it kind of feels wasted because the romance is, for me at least, such a big part of the of the Mass Effect experience. Like having your squad mate, like watching your back the whole time and you're also like kind of falling in love with them. It's like to not have them there with you 
kind of feels like wasted time, which is why I've always done Garrus and then like Caden Garrus and then Garrus again, because you just have that kind of like emotional through line with it. It's like, yeah, you would have this person with you at all times if you're in this kind of situation. Um, but I don't know what I would do about Jacob and three. I wouldn't do what they did. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would not have chosen that plot line. Yeah, that's a that's that's an interesting question. So do you agree with our ratings for the night? Me giving the physical aspect of their relationship an eight and me giving the overall relationship a three. Uh I actually in my head gave the physical one an exact eight as well, so there you go. Um, I don't know. The emotional... Jacob is so closed off emotionally, but that's just kind of like him. He doesn't... He says up front with Shepard he would rather this not become like uh, a long-term, like a super deep emotional thing. Um, So he's he's up front with you. I would would give it like a four or five on the emotion. Probably closer to four, honestly. because he does make that turn into two, like where he does end up saying the L word and then going into three, that doesn't happen. Which Bryn, I found this out today because I, I didn't have time to finish my Mass Effect 3 playthrough with Jacob. Um, so I just watched a video. Bryn says, when, when you confront her, you can ask her like, hey, what's going on between you two? She's like, listen, he's still in love with you, but he's with me now, so back off. And then Miss Shepard is like, what? Okay. And then you go to talk to Jacob <laughs> and then in one of the dialogue options he turns into a Disney villain where Shepard is like, What happened with us? Or and he's just like, Oh Shepard, if only it could have been you which is like almost straight up what Hans says in Frozen when he betrays Anna, which is like crazy. It's like is does he really like that doesn't feel loving? <laughs> Even if you are in the middle of a bad breakup, that doesn't feel right. I also want to know the timeline because Jacob goes back to Earth while Shepard is on Earth. Like, that's how he spends time in the Mediterranean. And then he goes out to Cerberus, the Cerberus base. And so, like, Shepard was only on Earth for, like, six months. And Bryn is already very pregnant. If they can find out the gender of the baby, right, they find that out. Do they? I, th- I think he just says uh, we're having a baby, and she wants to name it Shepherd. I can check. I have. I think. I, I think I they remember. say they're having a girl, but I don't remember exactly. That actually sounds um, right. Yeah, my thing is, is I I have been pregnant. I have had a child, and with technology now, they can test that through blood at ten weeks. Okay. So I imagine that in Mass Effect times, they'd be able to find that out a lot sooner. However soon science permits in Mass Effect science universe. <laughs> so maybe she wasn't as pregnant as we might be today to find out the gender or the sex, I should say. But um, time is kind of weird yeah. in, in Mass Effect games. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it, it feels like one continuous day just by the way that the map and the world works. But like, weeks and months could be passing and you just don't know about it. So between the time when he sees you at the Cerberus base and the time he sees you on the Citadel in Huerta Memorial, it could have been 
however many weeks where they would have found out. I don't know. I, I think it's fair to say that any of their romances could have been just due to stress. Like Morden says, humans relieve stress through sex. I think it's very fair to say that it was not a serious thing necessarily. Like even if he said, I love you, it could just be, I love you right now. It doesn't have to be like, I love your soul. I love everything about you. Like how deep could that relationship have been anyway during that very emotional time? It might, it, it's really, any of them could just be defined as an infatuation for the one game because it's such a short time period under such extreme circumstances. So I think it's fair to say that it could have just been for now. I think the shitty thing was the reason my rating was a three is really just because of how he ends it with you. Yeah. Like not how he is in two. I think they, that is really, it's especially when you ask him about it and he's like, I was just chilling on the beach. And then I thought about things and then I saw Bryn and I couldn't wait for you forever. So it's like, how long is your forever Jacob? Cause it was only six months. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I don't, that whole thing just was stupid. So I didn't like that at all. But I can it's, totally I, see it not being deep and him just being like, you know what? That was just a fling because I thought I was going to die in the collector base, you know? It's And it's so much better if you just see it as that, if you treat it like that the entire playthrough. Unfortunately, the game doesn't let Shepard have that kind of reaction because uh, even the Renegade lines, it, when he's like, I don't want to push this too far, you still kind of have to say, but I do, so we're doing it, which is unfortunate yeah i think and i hope that they handle romances between like cishet women and men better in the future because especially for mass effect those other than caden honestly like i I mean i want to count garris and stuff he's like not a human so just thinking about the human only romances Mm -hmm. other than caden i think the other human male romances with femship are not that good. <laughs> like, yeah. they just don't handle them very well, so. Yeah. Who's who's the other ones besides, like, human? Uh, for the There's Caden, James, Jacob, that? for FemShep, I mean. I think that's it. That's it, yeah, of humans. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> FemShep Vega's pressures really Jacob into romance, sexually assaults James Vega. Caden's, like, the only good one. Like, they have a cute relationship. Oh, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. If you follow it kind of if you follow threads in Mass Effect sometimes you start to see where they connect and then you no longer yeah. want to see how they connect. And he is I would say he's technically white. Everyone thinking he is Singaporean. No, nope, he was just born there. He's supposedly Ukrainian. So give it given his last name is a mm-hmm. Ukrainian last name. So yeah. He's white. Oh, Mass Effect. I love you, but do better sometimes. Just do a little better. I know. I, it feels it feels like I don't want people to get upset with us because Bioware obviously is like the gold standard for video game romances and honestly for a representation of various romances too. You know, like nobody else was doing that before they did it. So they are a very good foundation, but that doesn't mean you have a whole house. So mm-hmm. they have stuff they could still build on. All right. Any final thoughts or anything that you want to add about Jacob? No, I think I'm good. All right, then. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me in our Two Girls, One Ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel. And come give us a follow on all the social medias and on Patreon at Two Girls, One Ship. 
Links to those are in the description. Uh, I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well. Also, be sure to check out our live stream, Twitch and YouTube, on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you all need at least one good thing on a Monday. Check out the description for all links if you're interested. All right. Let's not. How can our listeners reach out to you? Are you flexible with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what? <laughs> Just throwing a, a Garris reference in there as usual. <laughs> Sorry, it, the Discord cut out a little bit, and then I just heard flexible. Was, what's happening? <laughs> uh, I'm on the Robots Radio chan, uh, uh, Discord, um, Let's Not, with six L's. And on Twitch, I am Sunrise Parabellum, Sunrise underscore Parabellum. Uh, I'm streaming a couple games right now. I'm doing Disco Elysium, uh, Hades, and Outer Wilds. I'm having a great time, so come by and check it out. And she also likes to swing around in the dungeon, too. Yeah, Dennis (laughs) has ruined me. (laughs) Maybe I should get Boyfriend Dungeon. Everyone get Boyfriend Dungeon. Boyfriend Dungeon. It's it's weirdly pretty good. (laughs) I know the premise sounds ridiculous, but apparently it's amazing, so I can't wait to experience it. I love a hack and slash. (laughs) I love a hack and slash (laughs) game. If it had just been a visual novel, I might not have... I probably would have bounced off it, but gotta get me in there. Mm-hmm. Get in the dunge. And- <laughs> get in the dunge. <laughs> and announcement for our listeners before we go. Look out for an exciting episode featuring an interview with a very cool person and games writer coming out on March 14th. Thanks for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3CountThoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>